so welcome. This is the podcast of Yoga from the Kitchen. My mm-hmm. first guest today is Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Nutby, yeah? Yes. Okay. First she's a friend. She's a colleague. She's a multi-talented person. Very eclectic. She's doing thousands of things. So I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what, she's gonna, what, what she does because it's, a, it's an infinite story. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm too much of a talker. So you're welcome. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Who are you? Well, that's a very broad question. <laughs> um, as in what I do or... What I do? What, what do you think? If you have to put yourself somewhere in life, who are you? Which kind of person are you? I would say that I'm someone who... Um, I put a lot of value on my freedom. Mm-hmm. And I really like to explore as much different venues as possible. So I never really stick very long to to one thing um, although i do have like very strong core values of course like that's the baseline but everything on top of that is just like one big play field for me um, i just like to discover new things and uh, and see how I can intertwine all those things i would say that, yeah just enjoying the playground <laughs> enjoy the playground so <laughs> a life based on curiosity which yes, i love it absolutely. this has been always my my issues as well mm. for a very long time no curiosity is this thing for me that it always uh, keep you restless somehow no it yes. keeps you keeps your life restless at the same time it is very true especially if because many people around you uh, have a very different lifestyle so i always feel like um Like I need to do one thing or I need to just focus on this one particular thing where I don't want to do only one thing. I want to do many things in my life. Um, so yeah, the, the surroundings is, is making me more restless, I would say, than, than myself. <laughs> yeah, you gotta fit in the box. No, like, okay, at a certain point, you gotta be a responsible human being. You're gonna become an adult. And uh, I don't know why. <laughs> oh I never understood why we have to, be, to become adults. You know, like, <laughs> so... I met you first time in your classes. In, mm. at, uh, I think you are one of the few that I'm, uh, I, 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 I've been uh, going to classes at Balance. No? Mm. So I like, I like your style. It's very, it's very welcoming. Uh, it's, uh, it's very... Mm, you embrace the whole class. No? And uh, what I was telling yesterday also to a colleague, no? what, I, what I like about classes is to feel the teacher, no, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really care about the sequence. I don't really care about, uh, of course, I care that I, I don't want to get, get injured, but I really care to live in the class and it's like, okay, that, that's a Kimberly class. No, that's, yeah. that's, that's the teacher. This is not uh, by the book. This mm-hmm. is not something that, so from there you have been incorporated in your, uh, in your, uh, in your practice, mm-hmm. no, a lot of elements from different, uh, yes. different things, no, like martial art, uh, and uh, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I think this Which is, is exactly... your education, no? Sorry? Which is your education? It's Oof. not just yoga education. My, yoga. Exactly, no. and I think this is a beautiful thing because yoga doesn't have to be just yoga. And, and for me, in my classes, definitely they aren't just yoga. I think yoga by now has, maybe it's like 40% of, of what I teach. Everything else are just elements that I, that I kind of intertwine uh, with that. Uh, my background... Um, well, I started as a swimmer, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been a competitive swimmer um, from the age of six to nine. 
Um, I lived in The Hague by then, so it was always very early mornings in the pool, doing lots of swimming. My mom used to be a swim teacher, so I've okay. been thrown into the water, I think, when I wasn't even one year, year old. I still have these, like, teddy bear diplomas. <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> it's absolutely yes, yes. super nice, where they, like, teach babies how to survive in the water, so they, like, throw them in, and as a baby, you learn it's how to... It's a Dutch to... thing, isn't it? It is a Dutch thing. Yeah. Right? We're a water country, right? <laughs> but I've seen it, I must say, I've seen it... In different places now as well that more like social media they show more stuff online so i've been seeing people doing it in i think america as well and like aruba but then still aruba has lots of dutch influences of course um but yeah so swimming always had been a big part of it and then i played music i've been a musician for uh, most of my upbringing uh, i started with the violin Oh, yeah, that's, that's like, a, like oh, I've done orchestra and everything. Like, okay, okay, so okay, very okay. creative upbringing, I would say. Um, I did theater classes as well. So even as a child, I did so many different things and just everything came together. Theater, dance, music uh, with the viola, uh, first the violin, then the viola and piano. Um, wow, I didn't know this. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, I know. Like, I've, I've always done, like, <laughs> this has been the line in my entire life. I've been doing a lot of different things. like A lot of communal stuff, no? Yes. Like, you play in a, in a band, you play yeah. in, a, in, a, in, you need to be, like, to fit with everybody, you know? Yeah. You have the other instruments, so interesting. It is fun because people around you, like, you grow together and mm-hmm. you learn a lot from them. And it's so incredibly motivating as well. Like, this is, and especially right now with the COVID situation, that is what I miss the most, like, to grow together and have that motivation that comes forth from a community um but yeah so after swimming we moved to a different city Zutemir, sweet lake city and there i started with my martial arts career because well swimming practice was too far and i was the age of eight by then and my mom had the feeling like okay you're eight it's time to learn how to defend yourself uh-huh but i loved it i fell in love with uh, with the martial arts i was doing karate back then And I think I ended up going to practice three to four times a week, did lots of competitions. I'm a very competitive person, so I've always done lots of competitions in my life. It's just a nice way of seeing your progress, to to work towards something. So it's always been a very motivating factor in everything that I do, like competitions and that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, and through karate, I've done that for 13 years. I've explored lots of different styles as well because again like exploring all the different venues that's why i keep you as a friend you know you never know you never know like there's always that hidden fuck like oh actually you know i've done that too you don't want to fight with this girl it's uh, i think it's uh it's an unfair an an unfair battle but that's where i started my teaching career actually because i've been teaching karate um started my junior assistant um education when i was 16 And then I started assisting classes with my teacher when I was 17. And yeah, I've just been growing from there. And then I started traveling. What's the difference between teaching karate and teaching yoga? When do you see, if there are differences, of course, no? Do you see, we were talking before about like being yoga and becoming and being as well a very, very individualistic practice. No, it's like you are an individual, you enter in your class, you have your mat, you have your space. And you stay there, you can... Anytime uh, having a chat with someone, but if you want, you just come to the studio, you roll down your mat, you practice, you leave, and you never mm. connect with the community around you. No, while uh, how is karate? Yeah, it's a little bit different. No, there is connection, there is contact, there is. Yeah, I w- it's a very interesting question. Thinking about it, I would say that the biggest difference for me personally is that 
the way I teach yoga, it's it's one big experience. Like everything flows into each other. It's one package. Like there is a, a start of the class and there's the end of the class and everything is connected. Like there is not a stopping point. There's no pause. There is like one big experience. So for me, when I teach yoga, a lot of my entertainment background is actually also mixed into that class because I'm kind of entertaining people almost through their movement experience and trying for them to get as much of their personal experience out of them. Where with karate, you have so many different sections. You have the kata, you have the kumite, um, you have the explanation of certain applications. So there's just little blocks that you move through. Um, especially I've worked a lot with kids. So then you have like the motivation, like if they don't uh -huh, listen, yes, you go like, course. all right guys, let's run. Okay, give me 10. And it's just very different. Like the approach is different. There's no, not one solid flow mm -hmm. throughout the entire class. It's just broken up in pieces and very much depending on, on what you're working towards or how do people feel at that, at that point. Where with yoga, it's just, it, it's, it's one flow. It's one flow. Okay, All okay, 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 interesting. Uh, one thing you wish you had known when you began your career as a teacher. As a yoga teacher. As a yoga teacher, yeah. Hmm. Since how long are you teaching yoga? I started teaching yoga in 2013. 13, so yeah. okay. 2013. Um, and I was super comfortable teaching because I've already had teaching background. Background from, uh, uh, from I've already martial had, arts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like standing in front of a class and like using my voice and that kind of thing. Like that was very natural to me. Um, so the teaching part came came very natural it was just like i was teaching something different um which in which i was still growing and everything but i think for me what i wish that i knew up front i'm not sure how how i would say like i wish that that exactly um this is exactly what i wanted to know different but for me the biggest difference was that also kind of came like a culture shock was a community around yoga like I came from like dance and, and and martial arts which was always very open and creative and then I came into this yoga community where I always felt very misplaced to be mm -hmm. honest like it was especially compared to to what I came from it was so dogmatic and and, and linear and strict and there was this sense of I am better than you uh -huh. within other teachers um, that I found that was very almost frightening, I would say. It's like, uh -huh. oh my gosh, like this is like, we're not really growing together. It's more like a competition. And that's like the competition that I do not enjoy, right? Uh -huh. It's like the competitions that I come from, they're within the sport or within the activity. And it's, it's still on a very friendly way, you know, like within martial arts, you bow to each other, you thank your opponent afterwards. And the competition itself is a way of growing together. Where here, it was like people were being put down. And I didn't feel for that. And I feel now that is like the community is quieting down a little mm -hmm. bit. And, and things are definitely changing. And there are conversations being opened in a lot of ways. But yeah, I always felt very disconnected from the yoga community. And always, I think that even more invited me to do my own thing. Like... Almost to the point that I didn't want to call myself a yoga teacher. Like, I'm a movement coach. You know, like, everything I do, like, I'm a movement teacher, a movement coach. 
like moving further and further away from that very strict yoga practice because because I didn't connect with the community. So yeah, maybe what I wanted to know up front is that that community was not necessarily a home for me, mm-hmm. but nah, I, I think I don't think I would have done anything in a different way because yoga did give me a lot. Um, yeah, I found yoga when I was in a really difficult place. And my, fir- my very first class, I remember it like, the day, like it was yesterday. I knew this is what I'm going to share as well. This is what I'm going to share. Like this feels so good. This is what I'm going to share. That's a common experience. That's what I, yeah. why I started to, to share practice myself. No, it's like all, all the benefits and advantages I, I, I got from, uh, I started with meditation myself. I wasn't more than, uh, I got into the movement mm. late. What's your vision about it? What's your vision when you share something in a class, when you enter a class, which is the idea why you put a certain topic in a class? No, what, mm. what, what brings topics in your class? No, which is the experience. Yeah. Now for me, like it's going by when it, well, we could, it's going to buy to a museum, have this artist that touched my, my, my heart. And then mm. I've been this, I've seen these colors, but I'm colorblind. So I'm going to bring this problem in the classes. I'm colorblind. I, I see things differently. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's right or if it's wrong. No. And it becomes political yeah. just from a painting. No. What about you? Very interesting question again. Um, I am someone, I do not, um, how do I say, I do not plan my classes. Um, I I teach very intuitively, so never ever have I, uh, like planned my class before. I feel you, me neither. Right? And I I just walk (laughs) in the room when I teach, when I share my, my practice. That's literally what I do. Um. We have this toolbox and as we continue to grow and as we continue to educate ourselves, our toolbox is growing. And from every class that we teach, we just grab things out of that toolbox that we feel at that point in time matter the most. Um, And that can be very different depending on who exactly is in class, uh, where at what point I am in my life as well, because probably um, more likely the things that I am struggling with at that point or the things that I am um, educating myself more on at that point is more likely what I want to share um, because that is more on the foreground of my mind, right? Mm-hmm. At that period in time. But for me, what it all boils down to always is I want people to to really feel comfortable in their own body. Um, I think this is something you said earlier as well. Like I want people to feel very welcome in my class no matter what you look like, no matter what is your background, no matter, no matter what is your political stand of view, like if we're talking real politics, um, like everything is fine. Like you have a body, great, you're welcome. <laughs> like you're welcome to join the class and to experience that body in their own way. Like I always say in my classes as well, what I'm saying or what any teacher is saying in the class, that is the red line and you dance around that. Like mm-hmm. take that as, as a, like as, as a indication but you dance around it. Your body is different from mine. Like if we have 30 students in the class that are 30 different bodies. So obviously everyone is moving in a different way as well. And to honor that movement, like within the structures of safe and effective movements, understanding like the basic principles of alignment and everything, but then not being afraid of stepping outside of those lines to explore. And for me, that is so important on and off the mat because that is what I do in life as well. Like I don't stick to one box. I don't stick to one line allow yourself to be curious and and to have that little play around it. 
So for people to feel welcome, to feel okay in that, and to feel they have a safe space in which they can explore. For me, that, that bubble, that safe space is, is one of the most important things that I want to create. And with that to, to share, I don't, I don't want to put too much. I, I really don't do too much input of my own views mm-hmm. of life or anything because I want people to think for themselves. Yes, 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 yes. I think that's very agree, important. Agree, agree. Yes, very important. Yeah. So my, my reference is always like being always very, very uh, soft. No, yeah. ideas yeah. like this is what I think, mm. but this is not, this is not like the ground. No, right. this is not the roots of it. Yeah. No, like this is, this is my experience. What you, what you take off this experience. Yeah. No, what, what, what do you think about it? No, do you think for me, there is always a, a space where, where you need, I want you to push you mentally, mm-hmm. not just physically. And I, you know me, I'm a teacher that push you physically. Mm-hmm. No, because I have the idea that the more I push you to, towards the limit, the more you stop uh, uh, organizing yourself around yeah. this limit and, mm-hmm. and then you really face it. Yeah. No, and I always love to have this vision uh, that uh, it's not just physically, but it comes up to your mind. So yeah. I become much more aware and critical with you. Mm-hmm. And as you become critical with yourself, again, you're yeah. more critical off the mat. You can yeah. see the things off the mat. The yoga, it's, it's passing a very interesting moment right now. Mm-hmm. Now, where we are going? What do you think we are going with the yoga right now? What's going to happen to the, to the yoga world? Because we have, uh, we live in, the, in this place. The Netherlands is a kind of mecca of yoga in Europe. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there is a lot of work for us. There is a lot of money spent on wellness in this country. So mm-hmm. it's a quite a life uh, uh, movement, mm-hmm. no, and uh, here there is quite an inclusion. No, there's not so much seeing include. It is not inclusive as a, as a practice. No, but as you as you leave the the borders, as you go around around the world, yoga becomes something very exclusive, mm-hmm. and it is very exclusive somehow. No, to to have a a, a card of a month in a, in a studio is eighty euros, mm-hmm. which is in the Netherlands is not a big problem. But if you refer, for example, to the US. A class is 20 bucks and 20 bucks. It's a lot of money for someone. And there are communities that don't have access to yoga. How we bring yoga to everybody. It was before in this conversation, when you mentioned something that something dawned on me that if we compare what we've been doing, like the martial arts communities, uh, martial arts trainings with yoga, yoga is much more a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because there is a constant change of students, like there's a service provided and people come in for that service and people go out. Where with martial arts, there are very small communities and you have the same tribe of people that comes in every time for that training. So you train and you develop with the same amount of people and with the same faces. Um, It is also much cheaper, much more accessible. Um, it, it is not so much of a business. I think there is not one of my martial arts teachers that did that like as their job. Like it was always a side thing. They would have their, their main income, like a different job. And martial arts was a passion. And it's more of a passion project that is constantly shared. Like there's no such thing as a profit, much more in that. And the profit that is, that is put back into the school where with yoga, like that is the business. Like people are making yoga um, their, their main income and everything. And, and that's not necessarily bad, but that means the prices are higher. Um, there's very different marketing because we want a lot of people to come in. Um, and because there is a constant change of people, you're always with different faces, which already in a very individual practice makes it even more individual. Um, so in that sense, it is completely different from, from, 
from martial arts or, or dance or anything that like any physical uh, act any physical activity that involves like a group of people growing together in a physical practice. But yoga, of course, um, is much more than just physical. There's a big mental part. There's a, there's the spiritual part. Well, also, um, also martial art. No, at the end, absolutely, it's no, absolutely. I think sure. uh, hearing, listening to you and, uh, you know, if I enter a, a karate studio mm. right now, having no experience, mm. they don't going to throw me on, uh, on the tatami with uh, the most uh, experienced one. Because yeah. it's going to be unfair, let's yeah. say, you know, and there's going to be nothing, nothing that's, uh, that I can grab to, mm. you know, but mm, you enter at a, a karate studio and there is a teacher that is telling you, okay, this is how you start. Yeah. You start to do this and this and this and that. Exactly. This is what something we miss in yoga, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's like, open to you, everybody. You feel it's very Which accessible. is good because mm. I think the problem is like, it, it, it's just like, feel like very welcoming. Mm. Everybody is welcome. But then, then when you get into the class, you're not welcome anymore. If it's your first time yoga and yeah. you come to my hot yoga mm -hmm. class, you're not going to have fun. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking before, like the group are not like three or four people. Mm -hmm. It's like 20, 25, 30 people. You can't really F under your high everybody. Yeah. No? But that's what I was trying to say with the difference between martial arts and yoga as well. When we were talking about teaching experience, you as a yoga teacher, you teach one group the same thing. Everyone goes on to that same flow. With martial arts, you can break the group in different sections. Okay, you go practice that, you go practice mm -hmm. that. And people stay within their own level and you like level up the ranks literally with the belts that you get. Like there's a visual ranking within, within martial arts practice as you progress and then go to the next section. It's not like everybody is doing the same and just try to keep up, right? That's very different. Um, and then of course there is the viewpoint to, to, to people, like the outer image. Martial arts, you know, if you enter a martial arts school for the very first time, you don't have to go into crazy pretzels or anything, and you, you will be guided, like individually even, where in a yoga school, first of all, the branding that we see, we see lots of flexible people, mainly mm -hmm. very thin white women, right? This is what we mainly see, uh, the image. And this, thank God, finally, people are trying to shift this image But it's a slow progress, of course, because for many years it's been this very luxury um, product with uh, very flexible, um, lots of time, uh, white women that can like that can do this practice. And then as someone who doesn't fit that image, it is more difficult to enter such space. Exactly. And uh, it's selling exactly the opposite vision of what is yoga. Exactly. You no, know, the idea like you don't show off, mm -hmm. which is like it, this is a lot of show off. It is a lot of show off. But it's... became became a market where, and when you have a market mm -hmm. and you sell a product, you need marketing. Yeah. So you're marketing it most of the time as fashion uh, thought to has. Now I've been working in a different field, but in fashion with mm -hmm. in Florence for many years. It's beauty, no, and uh, there's uh, there is uh, uh, there is not so much body positivity in mm -hmm. yoga. No, there's, no, it's it's changing. But as you say, it's like. Skinny, blonde, white, and quite privileged, uh, I will say. So the, what I'm hearing, like from uh, from the difference, is like okay. Also, hearing what's like the karate is like to be a teacher, you mm. need ears to be a teacher. It's not like you you pass a month with your master and then you enter a studio, say okay, I'm gonna teach karate. Oh, it's a much longer progress. Exactly, it's, it's it's huge because there's so many different elements and aspects as well. I mean. 
it's insane even now like i'm not a full-on teacher i'm like still an assistant i wouldn't like open my own dojo at this point i would need to accumulate much more knowledge and and experience for myself as well to like climb that that those ranks and, and and get through that process it's not like okay i'm going one month into a teacher training and now i'm a teacher <laughs> oh that's that's a common it's a common it has been my experience as well no i've done a month of teacher training yeah. and then uh, i've been thrown into a studio and they're like okay you teach a couple of classes but it kind of feels like a fabric at the moment it's like a the fabric. yoga fabric you know it's like the yoga fabric. people coming in and out on the other end as teachers that which is i think one of uh, one of the biggest problem because you you don't really have professional mm -hmm. and i took my my job very serious mm -hmm. and uh, i skilled myself but honestly i could keep teaching with my 200 hours teacher training that we were talking before was yeah. a good training mm -hmm. but still yeah. no you you've been what i've done to my students the first couple of years of my career i i i really regret it somehow no because i didn't have all the skills mm -hmm. No, and uh, and then I skilled myself up. Like I anatomy, what I'm doing to my people, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's my community. The problem I think that we have with yoga, as you said, it's it's a business. While like martial art didn't become a business, no. become a business. Now now that yoga becoming a business, it transformed like the the capitalistic vision came in. Absolutely. No, and so and so then then becomes like okay. There's like, the more you consume, the better, no? So mm -hmm. the more teacher you create, uh, the more teacher training we sell, mm -hmm. no? And, uh, and it, the vision of yoga completely changed, no? And nowadays we, we, we found this, ourselves in this big clash mm -hmm. where there is no, there is no like a, a, an expression of what, what is yoga for real. And that's the reason why I think we came to the topic of like, are you a yoga teacher? I don't feel a yoga teacher. No. You don't feel a yoga teacher. I mean, it's like, I'm a movement awareness teacher. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm a, I have the skill to, to teach uh, what is yoga for real traditionally. Well, not. Mm -hmm. I think I need years and years of, uh, of training before I'm going to skill myself. Yeah. But I am in this field. And I try to skill myself as much as I can. And I try to, to share my experience as much as I can. For me, it's been always very interesting to teach in festivals, for example. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Because you have, I think that's, it's, it's incredibly the, the place where mm, I felt more teaching yoga than, mm -hmm. than in studios. Because you end up in this techno festival, in this healing area, and you fight, you teaching this cool uh, uh, version of yoga with, with, with uh, electronic music. Yeah. And then all these kids that came in, a little bit draggy as well, you know, <laughs> I think the festival, no? And then they finished the practice, come to use they're like, man, what is this? And I was like, okay, go home, find a studio, find a teacher, practice, yeah. no? And this is the, 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 the connection. The where first there, meeting. There yeah. was no money. Yeah, there exactly. Were no, there was no money at all. These people paid the ticket for the festival. Mm. They didn't pay the ticket to come to my class and to the playing of my friend Lola Villa. Mm. No, I was just coming in. And I think this is the, the spring, the sparkle of, uh, of yoga that we missed now, yeah. nowadays. The idea like, okay, let's try to do this without... The pushing of money and see yeah. what happened no well what i really like is like studios who offer uh like uh, like a free week or anything mm -hmm. to have that that very accessible first meeting with yoga um the, the free classes that are being held in in gardens and stuff like in the parks these are super nice things especially the, the free classes in the parks because a lot of people are coming there so people who find it a little bit scary or a little bit excited to join these classes they 
are not necessarily put in that front position where they feel super seen and they can just gently from the sideline nibble a little bit of that yoga cake and and see what it tastes like and if they enjoy it they can then choose to step forward to and step deeper forward, into exactly. the practice but yeah we need more of we this. need more free yoga yeah, yeah I agree. Free. and and it's a it's a sensitive topic yeah it's a sensitive topic because a lot of teachers out there um, are having these conversations about yeah but you know we shouldn't um, which to some extent, of course, is true. We shouldn't all give our services for free. Like this is our job and everything. But I think there should be a middle ground. You know, it's not black and white. There should be a middle ground. We want to make it more accessible because obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be teachers. We believe that this practice, uh, the awareness of the body, which we develop through yoga is super helpful. It's, it's really adding a lot of value to your life, to, to your well-being, both physically and mentally. And we want to make that more accessible to people. Now, to only give it for free, obviously, um, you know, would put us out of business and wouldn't... It would take away quality. Mm -hmm. It would take away quality. So we want to find a middle ground where it's not crazy expensive and you need to have money, otherwise you cannot practice, but also make sure that the people who are sharing uh, a quality practice are getting paid. I get paid. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. I agree. I so agree. there should be that middle ground. And I think more and more the industry is working towards that. Um, but yeah, it's a slow progress. Good. Uh, did you lose your namaste? Did you lose your namaste? I have, honestly. I very, very sometimes still use it. But, um, well, I can't really say now because I haven't been teaching life classes mm -hmm. for, the, for the past, phew, what is it, four months? Oh, that's crazy. But before that, I have been losing it more and more because it just didn't feel like me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I want my practice of all things. I want it to be authentic. Um, obviously, as I, as I keep um, doing my best to, to educate myself and by no means I know everything. Like, honestly, I feel like I know very little to, compared to, to many people who really dive deep into uh, the origin of yoga and and. and why certain things um, are cultural appropriation and those kind of topics. Um, but I do my best to, to read and listen to as many conversations as possible out there. And learning about the real meaning of Namaste, how it came into yoga and how it has transformed into the West and everything. At some point, I just didn't see the purpose anymore. Of using namaste and it has something like okay am i just saying it because it is a habit but i don't want to share anything that is just a habit without deeper thought or understanding behind it and now that i had gained some some different perspective on namaste i didn't feel correct to use it anymore and honestly from the very beginning my very first class ever i have been ending my practice with thank you thank you thank you this is something that my teacher did that deeply resonated with me and that I really made my own as well. And that is something that I've always done. And I thought, well, why couldn't that just be the end of my practice? Why does it have to follow up with another namaste? Um, so yeah, I'm just sitting with that. And the only slowdown I would say in that transition is that people are waiting for the namaste. <laughs> It's like I'm in class and I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love, I love this. I love this experience. When I stop to say namaste in my yeah. classes, I have this, uh, you have this feeling, you feel it in the classes. Everybody yeah. is kind exactly. of. Exactly. It took a month yeah. before a student, Annette, 
came to me and asked me at the desk, like, why you don't close the class with Namaste anymore? It's like, oh, finally, yeah. someone, yeah. someone had the balls to come here yeah. and ask him. But right? that's interesting. So you you've know? waited because I've actually shared in my class why I stopped. I just, I just shared it because then, then people know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and without any form of judgment, you know, because I'm not like, whoa, teachers who still use Namaste are bad. Like, no, no I'm, not I'm, I'm, at I'm, all. I'm a bitch. I want to see people what they do. What I love to see reaction, you know. Fair <laughs> enough. But I also love to share why I deserve it. I agree. I agree completely. So, yeah. So I've just shared my findings and, and the origin of Namaste and what it means. And that's a hello. And, and you know, so. Um, and I can also see the beauty, you know, like in my own mind, I thought like, okay, well, and. A shavasana is like the end of a practice, like corpse pose, literally dying. So namaste could be like a new hello to the new mm-hmm. you. Like, like, and if you use it in that way, but the intention behind it, like if you use it and for you, it's really like that, then okay. But for me, it had lost its meaning. Like I didn't use namaste with, with any like meaning behind it. For me, there was no intention behind it. I was simply saying it because it was expected of me. People were waiting for me to say namaste and that was the end of class. But I want my, the things that I share, I wanted to, to have intention. So yeah, I just shared why, why I didn't say it. Or when I do say it, I also often explain why. When I wanted people to ask me why I didn't, have, didn't say namaste, I always ask them, do you know what means namaste? Mm. It's like, it's a greeting. It's like, but do you know yeah. why is there? Well, what's the meaning? Do you know why you use it? No, why is there? Which is... Which is the importance of this word? If it's important, if it's not, yeah. of course. So it's more my idea is more like to raise the question on it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because then this the is question. like what we get learned. We go to yoga teacher training, and they're like, "Namaste" means the light in me bows to the light in you, and we take it as truth, and we continue to share that information, which is incorrect, but we we take it, we accept it as the truth, and then we continue to spread that information like it's the truth, and that's how it spreads at a very rapid pace um, without doing our own research because we just we take it like we get feed the spoon and we're like okay and we continue feeding that spoon and it's about their own research but that's why for me when when i talk like being political in class yeah it's that the way to being political because if i if i pinch you mm-hmm. to make your own research mm-hmm. on why you say namaste. Yeah. Then I pinch you on, the, on doing something that nowadays in society, it's a little bit disappearing, which is a critical point of view. Yeah. No? And I think for me, like on the mat, you put these little seats and let people question yeah. things. Absolutely. And then they question things out of the mat. How they question it is not my business. No. Where they're going, where the way of think they have. I'm not want to educate people. No, no I want exactly. I want people to question themselves. To think for themselves. No, to think for themselves. Yeah. No, and then and then from there they move on. I find what is really helpful is asking open questions. Like what I do a lot is when I want to bring something across, but again it can be perceived so differently because we are all having a different experience in our practice. So I ask open questions so that people start to think for themselves and they are like you know, creating those answers for themselves. So my entire class, like there, there are a lot of like open question drops, like to invite people to think about something. Hmm. And, and that for me, I find is really helpful and, and brings people, helps them to bring them to places, to depths in their practice that I could not have done by just sharing my own experience because my experience is not their experience. Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree completely. Wow. My last question, hmm. what's the dream? 
What's the dream? What's the dream? Oh dear. Right now, you have the genius here. <laughs> I look a little bit like the genius, but I'm not, unfortunately. Actually, you do. You really do. I've never realized. I will never be able to see you any different. <laughs> look at the genius. You, so it's like, you have the genius here who can, can realize your dream. What's the dream? Oy. And you know the genius that has no, has no time, eh? No, I know. I think for me, what I've always really wanted is just... Uh, I just want to... Okay, there, there are many things that I can say, like politically correct and stuff. But let's keep no, it on an individual... Be, don't, don't, no, don't be politically let's keep it, correct. Let's keep Absolutely it on an individual not. level. Yeah, individual level. On an yes. individual level, location freedom. Like, um, and we've spoken about this before. Yeah. Like, I travel a lot. And for me to be able to, to keep doing what I love and to have all these beautiful adventures and explorations and then to stay playful and curious and have the entire world as my playground, um, that is just wonderful. So I can like choose, okay, I'm gonna sit three months here and work on this project or, or educate myself on this. And okay, now I'm gonna go there for four months and that would be awesome. The best thing, the best thing would be, because obviously doing that brings a lot of offers. Like, um, like you have to offer, no, that's not the right word. That's the Dutch way of saying it. Um, <laughs> how do you say it? Like you say in, in, uh, in Dutch, you say an offer maken. You have sacrifice. sacrifice. You're sacrificing. You're sacrificing a lot of things because, you know, it's impossible to have everything. So I'm lacking community. When I'm traveling a lot, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it gets lonely because, um, you know, you're always with different people and you have beautiful communities, but all over the world, like spread out and you're never really building on one. So if there was a genie that could, you know, grant me a wish, something that might even be impossible in real life. I would have the sense of community while still traveling around the world. That would be amazing. That's beautiful. That I love be it. I love it. Yeah. And it's a message of hope in this moment that we cannot really travel so much. So yeah. hopefully you can build up your whole community soon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where people can find you? Um, I'm most active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's just Kimberly Nutby. Mm -hmm. Kimberly with L E. Uh, I will. I will. Uh, I will oh, post. Okay, I will. Uh, yeah. So Instagram. Um, I have my own website. Um, just with my portfolio and all my different okay. endeavors on there. <laughs> um, sometimes I'm active on it. Sometimes I'm not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See okay. how I feel. But yeah, Instagram would be the best way. I'm very active uh, on my stories and my posts and stuff. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this space with me. Thank you. The, well, you were the first guest of my first very podcast. Wow. So, oh my gosh. I'm so My honored. first very podcast. <laughs> so I don't know how, how it went, but I, I always wow. love to keep it like very natural. No, and yeah. as it comes. No, and yeah. uh, we will see. So thanks a lot. Thank you. And thank, uh, you, thank, thank you, you for your contribution. <laughs> and, uh, and I hope, uh, and I hope the, we can keep uh, doing this maybe another time. We'll see. Okay. Yes. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. you, everybody. See you next time.